Welcome to the Crazy Courage Podcast. My name is Nick, and I'm here with Brian Jones. He's the owner of Brian Jones Photo and Video. They are experts in, what do we say, wedding and corporate projects. Look at that. Yeah. So I'm going to ask you, all right, I'm going to put you on the spot first thing. I know I said I wouldn't do that, but I'm going to do it. Do you prefer corporate or do you prefer weddings? Honestly, I prefer weddings. Prefer weddings? All right. Yeah. All right. You can set you can set your watch to a lot of weddings, really. I mean, also too. I've been doing. We're actually going to do our one thousandth wedding this summer. That's very exciting. That's very exciting. Yeah, yeah, it's really exciting. So, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait to um, thousand already. And, you know what? It's one of those things that when you first start off in this, you're like, "Can I, how many? How many do I have in me?" And I see a lot of people, yeah, I I see a lot of people finish their careers at 200, 500, very few get to this level. It's a little sobering to know I probably won't get to 2000. Oh, I mean, if you're at a thousand and that you're outrunning the competition, you're doing really well. That means I would have to do this for another 20 years. (laughs) That's funny. Now, yeah. Do you feel, okay. I I mean, okay. You're coming up to a thousand weddings. It's kind of a big milestone. I assume that, um, you know, you know what you're doing by now, but when you go into a wedding, like, do you feel the pressure of making sure you get this right? Cause it's like a one take scenario, right? You know, what's a funny thing. I have a little bit of anxiety the day before any wedding I have to shoot. And is it because of that? Cause, cause you, there is that bit of pressure. Yeah. Yeah. And then I show up there and I'm just like, like centered. You're like an athlete, right? You show up for the big race and, and you're yeah, in there, right? yeah, it's very it's very strange. Uh it's something that personally I'm like working through and I've noticed like over the last uh several years, I'm like, why do I feel so like anxious about it? I'm like, You've done this before, you've done you do this every weekend from May to October. Like and we get there and it's fine. Everything's fine. So but does that now the fact that you get anxious about it, does that make it more exciting in terms of like, yeah, this is like, I like, I like the rush a little bit. I enjoy that. There's a, you know, there's a bit of pressure that I kind of have to perform. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. Honestly, maybe, maybe there is. Yeah. yeah. Cause I do have to live up to it. I do have to live up to uh, the expectations uh, that my clients have on me. So. Right. Yeah. So, okay, let me ask you this. Things have gone wrong during weddings, I'm sure. Weather, unforeseen circumstances, must yeah. have, right? And, and you know what's funny? All that anxiety never affects yeah. me. No, right? Because okay, so it is it's, what it is. It's honestly, I'm going to tell you, it's such a mental thing with me. I've had wedding dreams. Okay. Where I've had... I had one dream where we had three weddings booked. I had to go shoot someone. The other two weddings I'm not at are going fine. My second shooter is not showing up to the wedding I'm shooting. So I panic and I freeze and decide not to shoot the bride getting ready on my own wedding. And then I drive to the wedding. And all I can think of is how much am I going to get sued for this? And then I wake up. 
then you wake up. That's fine. I've, I've, uh, had, I've had one where I was late for a ceremony, but I was in the parking lot. And then I got into a car accident. I got into a car accident in the parking lot. And my second shooter, who's like kind of like my second guy, is walking off in a completely different direction on his cell phone as I yell out his name. <laughs> Sorry, there's a lot of weird things up here. Uh, yeah, yeah. Apparently, I unlocked the uh, open the floodgates there. That's great. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> I'm fairly okay, so an open. I'm pretty much an open book. I love it. I love it. That's what we're here yeah. for. We're gonna we're gonna go through all those chapters and pages. So let's talk about this. So let's talk about. So we're talking about a thousand weddings. Uh, that's where you're at right now. Um, yeah. Do you have a number for corporate videos that you've done or shoots? Was that something you don't track? Yeah, I've never actually kept track on. And it's only because corporate videos and projects and headshots and whatnot, it's so different. Okay. It's so uh, inconsistent. Okay. And the one, the one thing about corporate projects that people don't realize, I'll... A friend of mine, um, Bill Goyette, he um, yeah. owned a uh, carpet cleaning company for offices. And he bought it off somebody. And then after two years, he's like, oh, this is great. We're making money hand over fist. We'll probably sign up a couple other people. What he didn't realize is that most office cleaning companies just cut your contract out of nowhere after a year or two. And they're just like a week before, like, yeah, we're going with somebody else. Thank you for your service. Ooh. And you, so when you can equate to this at Future Shop, remember at Future Shop, we had a new cleaning company every year. Right, right. We had a new company doing flooring. And a big part of that is uh, security. Really? Companies don't come, big companies don't like to, people to know too many things about their business and their structure and, Interesting. And, what, Interesting and whatnot. So, yeah, like a lot of co so, and corporate's the same way. Corporate. I had a couple of big contracts. Um, one of my my bigger clients, even though she like didn't live here, did a lot of work in Ottawa. She brought me to work in New Jersey for another client, and that client has since moved out of that state. She's moved on from other things. Um, I used to do a bunch of corporate shoots for about three years for um, the, the organization that does uh, private schools in Canada. Okay. And they switch their head of company every three years. Oh, I see. So every three yeah. years they're like, we're not doing this anymore. Fun. Fun. Yeah. So cor corporate's a bit of a challenge and you have to be um, on top of it. Um, it's tougher to get big corporate and that's kind of what you really want to get. Like you'd want to get like a Costco or whatever. Cause like, they're not going to change over their, their people too much, their head of marketing or anything like that too often. Fair. Fair. Interesting. Interesting. And it, do you go after that kind of stuff or you're like, if it comes along, I'm good. I'll. I'm making an effort to go after a lot more things. I'm making okay. an effort to, um, connect with more people okay um corporate wise because hey we had a, an amazing year 2022 corporate wise on top of the wedding business and we had a lot of projects that were on the back burner for a couple of years and then 
we ended up uh, shooting. We had a great project um, with the government and another company that was an engineering company where we essentially shot them build a house and then we watched them set it on fire. <laughs> nice. It was super fun. I'm not allowed That'd to share it. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I wish because some of the footage is I'll I I could probably show you privately, but like uh, sure. some of the footage from that is um, it's amazing. Yeah, oh, awesome. Yeah. So now clearly, there's more variation in the corporate projects. Would you say like there's more of a formula for the weddings? Is that? Oh yeah, there's more of a formula. There's definitely more variation right now. I'm working with a security company doing. Uh, Weekly videos. Today I was shooting um, uh, work a contractor had done. I shoot headshots for a lot of real estate agents. Okay. Um, and it, it was fun because, like, they put their stuff out there. So I shot photos for this great realtor in Ottawa, Tom Sapinski. He's a former wedding client of mine. And I called him Tom Sadowski one time, which is not his name. Um, so, so Tom Sabinski and I was driving in the Glebe. And one of his focuses six years ago when he did headshots with me was he was selling a home in the Glebe. And he's like, I need to get on a bus bench or something, whatever. Driving through the Glebe the other day, saw his photo I shot of him on a bus bench. I'm like, nice. that's great. That's awesome. I love it. I love it. That's awesome. Good to see your work love, out there. I, I love seeing my work out there. I do. That's awesome. Now, do you see, now do you get, you probably get more of that when it comes to the corporate stuff, I would think, because the wedding, oh, yeah. you might see it on social media or something, but that's kind of come and go, comes and goes yeah. sort of thing. Um, but the yeah. corporate stuff can stick around. Like you said, that bus bench, right? Oh, yeah. All right. Cool. Well, that's exciting. Okay. Let's go back in time. We'll go back to how you started. What, what were you doing before? you got into this business and, and what was really the catalyst? What, what crazy thing drove you to it? So I'm a TV broadcasting grad. I graduated in 2001. I started at Future Shop in 2000 as just a little job before I ended up, uh, you know, getting into the TV industry. I was there for 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how it goes. Um, and <clears throat> I ended up... <sighs> It was tough. If you didn't find a job within that first year, it was really tough. And it was a bit of a grind. I knew yeah, I didn't want to do news. I didn't want to do sports. I wanted to do something more creative, more film-like, whatnot. A buddy of mine shot a wedding that his fiance now wife, was in. And I'm like, yeah, give it to me. I, I just picked up an, uh, an editing system. I picked up a Mac G5. Let me edit it. Let me see if I can do something with it. So I did that. They liked it. Another friend liked it and said, can you shoot my sister's wedding? Um, parallel to that, um, our manager, Greg Finley at the time, wanted uh, to get the guys from Vancouver to come shoot a video in our store to show our engagement, I told them, why don't you just let me do it? I'll do it. I'll shoot it. I'll edit something. Um, they really liked it. I ended up actually doing a lot of videos on the East Coast for Future Shop. Really? Wow. Oh, yeah. Like, I ended up shooting, uh, like, the general manager's meetings where they're telling stuff, like, I should not know as, like, a salesperson. <laughs> just, yeah, for sure. 
Um, and it just kind of snowballed from there. Originally, originally what happened was I paired up with um, two people. I was going to be the editor. One guy was going to be the video guy. And one guy was going to be the photos. And we got hired. We did a wedding for like 800 bucks to do all that. Wow. And we're like, oh, yeah, this will be fine. The one guy was doing photos, like, just such a rapport. He could, like, just – and he had been shooting photos for three months. Okay. He was doing, like, hockey stuff. And he did he did really well for his first wedding. So I booked three more for the next year. Nice. Um, About six weeks before one of the weddings he was supposed to shoot, he sold all of the equipment – not my equipment, the other guy's equipment for drugs. Oh, okay. Which meant I had to be the photographer. <laughs> Did you have any equipment at that time? No. No. <laughs> I had a future shop card with $2,000 in credit on it. So <laughs> bought a camera and I, I, took fo- I took photography to get into TV broadcasting. I took photography in, uh, in, uh, when I was in TV broadcasting. I knew a little bit, not enough. Figured it out. It didn't hurt that we did video alongside some of the best photographers in the city of Ottawa. Got to learn a little bit from those guys. Like there, there, there were some great people like Photolux was huge back in like 20 years, 20, 15 years ago. Uh, Gilles Martin or like masters, Mark Cooper, like there's no way you can't work alongside guys like that and not learn something. That's great. Right. So that's, good stuff. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty much how we started. And we yeah, worked. Pers- well, hold on. How did that go for that wedding that you had to, to scramble to get the, the equipment for and, and figure it out? Was that it was fine. Happened? I shot it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a moot point. They're not together anymore. Okay, well, <laughs> nothing to do with the photography, of course. No, no, but they're they're both. I I still know them both to this day. They're both lovely people. Okay, apart. Yeah. Um, no, it all it all went fine. That bride's one of the bridesmaids who's a close friend of mine. She referred me to uh, two weddings the following year in two thousand six. Okay, and then I decided to do a wedding show. Now this, because and now is the wedding show the first time you're kind of marketing yourself? Yeah. So I years ago I had a friend, my friend Melanie, back in '04 when I said I'm, I might pursue this. Yeah. And I'll actually have this on YouTube and TikTok, whatever. Um, said to me, I said to her, I'm like, yeah, I'm thinking of pursuing this. She said to me, uh, that's great. Now you just need to figure out how to market yourself. And my response to that was, what's marketing? <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't know what that is. No, sure. Been working in sales for four years, but I have no idea what marketing is. <laughs> so you're selling to people who come into the store because of the marketing, right? Yeah. So, and that had nothing to do with you. That was, sales is, is what comes after. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, did the did the wedding show? Um, my mom and my younger brother helped out for for a while. My younger brother helped out for many many years. My mom helped out for um, oh, how many was it? About three. Okay. And then my younger brother said we have to cut her. 
<laughs> a more youthful look, if you will. Yeah, yeah, right. It's a wonderful conversation to have, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the and we did 24 in 2007. That was our first big year. So that was now. Is that directly after the wedding show? That's the year we did 27. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Wow. Wow. So that's a big jump, right? You go from oh, yeah. handful to. You know, that's when you really start to, and, but you're still working at, at Future Shop at this time. Yeah. I went part-time the summer. I've had a great manager there, Eric Morneau, who allowed me to go um, part-time. Okay. I thought he let, he let me go part-time for the summer there. Um, I moved and I went part-time in 2008 in the summer and I was allowed to do that in Canada. So I did that in 2009. I did not go part-time. I worked full-time and did 30 weddings in 2009 and worked okay. at Future Shop, um, mainly because I didn't trust my department manager in Canada. I remember saying to myself after the September 2009 wedding show, I already had 12 weddings booked going into the wedding show. Okay. Like for going the following year, right? Yeah, going into 2009, I only had eight. Okay, wow. Going Coming into May Long Weekend, um, I only had, May Long Weekend 2009, I only had 18 weddings booked for uh, 2009. Okay, okay. I ended up doing 30 that year. Wow. Main thing? Change my marketing, change my website. Ah, uh, now you're spent learning the, about marketing. I see. Spent the, spent the money on the website. Clearly it was worth it, right? So the message oh, is... 100%. Yeah. I've been working with like garbage websites for so long and I'm just like, I need something that just looks like this and shows this and has links to this. Yeah, you figured out the formula. Awesome. Yeah, and then and constantly we're figuring out the formula. There's constantly something different Ooh, that... Of yeah, marketing's never done. There's never like no. a well, we figured out the silver bullet. We never have to change our marketing again. No, yeah. no, and I, I try not. I I do my best not to get lazy about it. And even this year, we redid our website. We didn't have a, a lot of time to look at stuff during COVID and whatnot. So I took a hard look at my website in uh, in May, and I'm like, I have to change this. I'm not. I wasn't getting a lot of bookings. The work is there, but it's not looking as nice as some of the other websites. So I'm looking at it going, I did a new, completely new template. One of my set, old second shooters sent me to Pixie Set. And um, yeah, I'm looking at my website going, why am I using Times New Roman as my main font? <laughs> why am I using italics for every heading? Like... I'm looking at all the things and I have, I have a guy who on my team who has a degree in design telling me all this stuff like, Hey, go look at your website, bud. It's not <laughs> great. You think it looks great, but it's not great. Nice. Nice. Um, and I could equate um, a rise in bookings from us changing the website. Wow. 
So every time you, so it sounds like really, I mean, the moral sounds like every time you're putting effort into your marketing, it's translating into um, revenue for yourself or bookings. If you do it right, it should. Do it right. Do it right. I was in Atlantic City for a buddy's bachelor party this year in May. And we're in the DraftKings Sportsbook. I don't know if you do any online sports gambling or whatnot. But one thing I notice about their online app and their um, gambling, um, their sportsbook uh, resorts in uh, Atlantic City is the colors all match. Okay. So they use two two shades of gray and a green. Interesting. And when you walk into their sportsbook, it looks like their app. Okay, so they've they've clearly got a theme that runs throughout, yeah. right? Absolutely. The branding, right? If you want to call yeah. uh, <laughs> In and Out Burger. In and Out Burger, you won't find an In and Out Burger in the US that isn't stark white inside with red seats and like white with a little bit of red on their wallpaper. I copied that DraftKings gray and made it part of one of my business cards. Mm-hmm. Nice. With the, with the blue that I use for my website now. Okay. Yeah. So now there's more of a theme. There's, it's, it's about branding, right? So you're to be more recognizable, more easily recognizable. Yeah, that's, that's it. That's all I want. Nice. Nice. I love that. <laughs> and then, uh, so then this brings us, we're getting pretty close to, um, you know, some modern times, you said that one of the evolutions uh, was recently you introduced uh, AI yeah. to help you with the photo editing. And you said, uh, remind me again, you, you said that cut down your time by how much? Uh, from 15 hours to three. Wow. And now to use that AI, um, did it take did, did it take a lot of time to find the right AI, to train it? Um, no, find it. No, because I went to, um, a convention in Las Vegas in March okay. and one of my favorite photographers, Susan Stripling was doing a whole course on this is how AI can help you. Were you skeptical? So, I, not really. Same person no. who, same person who directed me to um to pixie set for a website her name's melissa toy she's a great fantastic photographer in ottawa nice told me about ai and she told me to like check out imagine and i was at the convention i talked to them at imagine and then susan stripling told us like this is what this will do and i didn't believe it at first but like she went step by step and just showed like, and I do this process now, um, I go through all the wedding photos r- pretty much right after I get home. From from the wedding? Yeah. Okay. So that night, like, you're all, you know. I have a shower, night. clean up, and I'm sitting here. I've downloaded everything. Wow. Uh, it takes me about an hour, hour and a half to go through the photos I want edited. Okay. And then I put them in Lightroom, and then I drop the catalog into Imagine. And then that company, uh, that software, um, edits everything in about 40 minutes. Okay. Wow. Most weddings are Saturday. So Monday morning, 
I spend about an hour to two hours looking at the photos and then they're done. And I do touch-ups in between. Sure. In between that, I export them. Uh, once that's all done, I send that catalog back to Imagine and then they, the AI just keeps working on it. Okay. Wow. So, I mean, if you're dropping that from like 15 hours down to three overall, that's, I mean, maybe you can sleep on Sunday sometimes now, but I'm sure the turnaround yeah. times to your clients has to be quite reduced. It must really have that week. Campers, right? Oh, that, that week. Long. That week they get their photos. And I mean, between your team, like, you know, you're shooting a lot of summer, uh, a lot of weddings over the summer, some in the same weekend. Yeah. Um, you know, that editing was probably your life for the weekdays, I would think. Now, uh, it, it pretty much still is. It's just I I can I can piece some of the video editing out to my team now. Okay. Um, I can take care of all the photo editing myself and most right. most the majority of the video editing myself as well. That's awesome. That's awesome. I mean, uh, I would say we've come a long way from uh, developing photos in a dark room to everything being digital now. AI. I mean, it's uh, you know, you know, it's funny when I go on vacation, I mostly just use film. Really? Now is yeah. that just in a preference of yourself? You know? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Yeah. Wow, awesome. Do you like? <laughs> is it because you like the developing of the photos afterwards to have that tangible? Yeah, I, no, I, I get them to scan them. <laughs> oh, okay. It's um, it feels more like from growing up. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. No, I get that. I get that. That's how it used to be. You know, you get the bring a camera to the uh, somewhere to get developed, and who knows what the hell you took, right? You don't know yeah. if there's a thumbprint in there. Everyone's oh, I know. Blinking, red eyes, and oh my. Well, actually, actually, no, I don't have it up here with me. I bought a film camera in 2011 for ten dollars off eBay. Nice, and it's a Canon camera. It's exactly like my my other bodies. The all the lenses work, everything. Really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Now, all right. Like, do you challenge yourself to take really good photos with that camera and see? what you can do compared to what it looks like digital? Uh, absolutely. Yeah. I want to do it a little bit more. I like doing the, um, the film photos for traveling. I think I'm at a point now that I understand which rolls of film I need. Uh, most for the most part, ISO 400 based on like indoor outdoor and, uh, you know, not having my film, uh, Get manipulated by an airport X-ray. Uh, yeah, fair, fair. Yeah, I see it. has that ever happened? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, oh, fun. Only on stuff, only on like thirty-two hundred film because it ends up uh, getting really grainy. It sh should not never go in an X-ray. <laughs> so uh, fun, fun. Now, do do you bring another? Like you go traveling, you bring the film camera. Do you bring a digital camera as well? You just use your phone. I just use my phone. It depends where I'm going. Okay. Like if I'm going overseas somewhere, I'll bring a digital camera with me, if to, if, especially if it's somewhere I've never been. Okay. Because you um, want to make I, sure to capture it? Is that... Yeah. Like I might bring it when, when I go to uh, California in March, but like for the most part, like I just bring a film camera 
and uh, my phone. Well, that's awesome. That's awesome. All right. So we've talked about your journey. What, what, uh, and it sounds like it was a pretty gradual rise. Um, what what was the tipping point? Patience. Awesome. What was the, what was the tipping point that made you do this full time? Um, realizing that I couldn't really. So the four places I've worked in my life are Cashway Building Centers. Okay. Blockbuster Video. Nice. CD Warehouse. And a Future Shop. There's not a lot of those places around. They're not around. <laughs> not around at all. <laughs> CD Warehouse was the last one to fall. That was nine years ago. Wow. I'm sure I could have found a job in sales. Um, sure. I've thought about getting my real estate license at some point. Um, now that would still oh, yeah. Dance yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I personally, I feel I do a good enough job trying to get rapport with people. And especially now, like I, I never complain about competition. There's so many photographers. There's always been so many photographers. Sure. But there's always work, right? But I'm also older, right? Like I'm not mid twenties to mid thirties. I'm almost 50. Um, so I need to have my you know, salesman had on a little bit more to, to close potential business. Really? Does, and, I mean, now does your age... And when I say salesman hat, I, yeah. I was never a shady salesperson. Uh, you can look at my warranty sales and you'll see that I was not a shady salesman. <laughs> I finished a month at 1% one time. Yeah. 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 Wow. Now, but um, but does your age translate to, you know, experience? Like you walk in the door, person sees you for the first time. They're like, oh, well, this guy must have a lot of years of experience. Does that work in your favor at all? It also works in the favor of not being hip enough. Ah, uh, okay. There so there's that. And as much as I know a lot, I still want to learn a lot. Okay. So I always consider myself a student of the game. Um, I do go to conventions and whatnot to learn for the most part. I mean, half the time they're in Vegas, so. <laughs> you can't go wrong, right? Not an excuse to go to Vegas, right? <laughs> um, yeah. It's, um, for the most part, um, I still just, I'm just trying to learn. I mean, clearly you're, you have... Um, you know, you're looking at new technologies. I mean, you're obviously open-minded to, to new things and learning and, and for me, for, I, for me, I feel like at this point, um, new technology is what's going to help maintain my business. Don't get me wrong. I'm trying to gr still grow my business. Okay. But at this stage, I don't know how much I can continue to grow the business. Like with yourself and the team that you have, obviously, right? Yeah. There's only so many hours in the day, right? There's only so many projects you yeah. can possibly take on, you know, before your days are just full and you have some sort of work-life balance as well. It would be nice, I'm sure. 
For sure. And like right now, like we're lucky that we have a few corporate projects to work on. Okay. Because for this time of year, right? Is that yeah? Like in the in the winter months? Yeah, because it can get pretty boring. And I'm okay with like even just like I think one of my favorite months is April because you're not quite into wedding season yet. You have enough work going on that you can fill your days up. But yeah, sometimes it's just, it's really, it's a struggle to like motivate. Right. Right. Makes sense. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. You look outside, it's cold, freezing rain, snow. Yeah. I get that. It's tough to get, get motivated for sure. Um, all right, so let's talk about this. Do, do you uh, miss not going into TV broadcasting? No. No? Most of my friends who went in it are leaving. Really? Okay. Yeah. Now, is that because of changes in the industry or they've been disenchanted or? Disenchantment, changes in the, it's, bo- it's both of those things, really. Um, one of my close, one of my, close classmates um, works for CTV and I'll be honest, he was the most talented person we had in our program. And my wife met his wife and she was like, my wife was like, well, why don't you try and do that? I'm just like, he's the most, he was the most talented person and he's just getting his opportunity. Wow. So, like, it's, recently, uh, like in the last four years, he became a reporter. Okay. So, so and he been TV broadcasting. Yeah. You wanted to be on air? Is that? I wanted to do film. Film. Okay. Behind yeah. the camera. Yeah. So uh, you always wanted to be behind the camera. So clearly, uh, you're still doing that. Yeah. Now, I was in LA in 2011 with uh, my girlfriend at the time, and I said. I remember seeing like all the people shooting stuff and whatnot. And I th- thought, wow, it'd be so cool to like do this as a living and whatnot. And I'm like, Oh, I do this for a living <laughs> and I make my own hours and I don't have to answer to other people. Now I'm good. <laughs> yeah. So that, so that was the big, uh, that, to me that cause I was still trying to pursue that part of my life. And I'm just like, mm, no, turned out that you, know, you had everything you needed that's awesome yeah. oh, that's good that's good uh, i guess it's good that you know that there's no regrets right you didn't you know, oh no no you know what the only the thing about regrets is that it means you didn't open another door right i don't know personal i want to get with this so i submitted my resume and my real too much music and they told me you should we don't take people without four years five years experience they told me to submit it to fashion tv or etv which were new channels for them i was like i'm not doing that i wanted to work much music right i was a little closed-minded um if i had done that i would have moved to toronto I probably wouldn't have dated the girl that I dated that summer. Um, I wouldn't have met one of my close friends who works for me now. Um, I wouldn't have met my wife. No way. 
Um, I live three blocks away from her, and we only met at our local pub in 2007. Funny, funny. Um, and incidentally, that girl I dated that summer probably would have not found a path to marry one of my best friends this past summer. So a lot of things happen based on, you know, the, the choice. Oh, I mean, it's like that for everyone, right? The choices you yeah. make. I was in that wedding party, by the way. <laughs> nice. I'm, I'm so friends with both of them, right? Like, there's a lot of paths that would not have happened. For sure. And you wouldn't be where you are today. Like, clearly, I mean, it's always like that. The, the thing about moving away, people don't realize, like, there is a level of fractured relationship. And, like, if you're really close with someone, you'll probably still be really close with them. But if you're just kind of close with them, you're probably never really going to see them that much. Fair, fair. Right? Like, right. Um, yeah, everything happens for a reason. Yeah. Um. Oh, and the videographer that worked with me for he it doesn't work with me anymore, but worked with me for almost like sixteen years. One of the best people I've met. Like I, yeah, there's there I I can check off a bunch of things that like these are the things that worked out because I didn't move to Toronto. Wow, I mean, yeah. We don't know what would have happened in Toronto, but all the things that happened here seem to have uh, really filled your filled your soul. We'll say. All right. So, what would be the biggest challenge you've had in your career? You know, the, the your whole journey. What was anything that made you question your choices? Kind of thing. Does that come up? Um. Yeah. Probably not in a few years. Um, the COVID, what about COVID? Nope. No, COVID didn't scare you. It's not that COVID didn't scare me. COVID, COVID was, uh, just challenging for the business. For sure. For sure. It was hard but for all of us, but it was, I would say a lot harder for people like yourself where, you know, your businesses were, you know, the ground to a halt, I would say. Or you had to pivot. Uh, and I did. I did. I'm a pretty good pivoter. I just started shooting other things. I put myself out there more. Okay. So it wasn't something you just figured you'd ride it out? Yeah. Wow. Nice. That's great. Um, I, I did not like being on CERB. Not at all. Okay. Um, I've never been on any type of government assistance. So being on that felt strange. Um, but yeah, overall, like, um, no, I just, I worked through it. Nice. Wow. That's awesome. Good for you. I mean, so if that wasn't the scariest part of your journey or scariest, I'd say most worrisome, we'll say, well, what, what, what was for you? Fall of 2008. Fall of 2008. Okay. Yeah. So we got the, uh, what was that? Just before uh, the housing market uh, or the yeah. housing market crash in the U.S.? Recession. And it was, it had more to do with not making that leap that we did the previous year. We went from six weddings in 06 to 24 weddings in 07 to only 27 weddings in 08. 
Okay, so there wasn't the growth that you're no. hoping for. Okay. And then we started 2009 with 30% less bookings for that year. Okay. And I'm now, just, do you think that was that, that was that? Do you think the the economy at the time had any um, bearing on that? A you little bit, but not really. No. People get married in recessions. Okay. And we were priced right for that at that point. So, and I was actively looking for other work. I didn't want to be at Future Shop. Okay. Like this is before Brent was there. Uh, we had a terrible GM. I uh, had a terrible uh, department manager. I'll tell you the names off air. The thing that bothered me was I was looking for work. Um, a buddy of mine who worked for a high tech company phoned me. He's like, we're looking for people. You should give me your resume. I gave my resume. And the boss basically said, yeah, he's only been at one place for the last nine years. He's pretty much unhirable. How's what? Yeah. It's ridiculous when loyalty works against you and, you know. And I hung up the phone and it like trying to fight back tears. All I could think to myself, I was 32 at the time. Thinking to myself, am I Al Bundy? <laughs> Legit. I remember thinking that. I mean, it's funny now, but I remember walking. There are no girlfriends. Like I owned a home, but I had no work prospe prospects. Other than this, I had to make this work. Okay. Uh, that kind of told me like I had to make this work because clearly I wasn't going to get hired anywhere. Um, I had an interview at Henry's and I did well on that. They only offered me a job a year later. A year later, wow. But at that point, I was leaving. Okay. It's unfortunate to say Future Shop was a poorly run company by the time we got to like 08, 09. I would say. I, would say I, feel, bad. I feel bad for... Some of the great managers that we work with, like Brent. Brent, we I always really like Brent. Brent hired me. And um, Brent was the last manager I worked for. If I worked for a different manager at the end of my tenure, I probably would have ripped off my shirt and thrown it in that circle at the uh, as I left. Instead, I waited to rip it off while I was in the parking lot. Why, there you go. <laughs> funny, funny. Jeez, that's awesome. All right. Well, I mean, I burned, hey, all, I burned all my khakis after that. Did you? That's funny. Yeah. Now you could wear whatever uniform you wanted to yeah. work or, you know. I, I once bought, I remember one time I had a shoes that were just slightly off black. I want to say it was a dark midnight brown and they looked beautiful and I had to return them. Of course. Yeah. The things that they worry about, right? Oh my God. Yeah. 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 Future Shop was. Uh, was but I don't I, listen, I don't regret my time there. I know. So I know so many people who are bitter about their time and their experience there. Um, I, I'm not at all. I learned a lot being there. I learned a lot about sales. I learned a lot about um, just, you know, like team culture, man. I've, I, the best times I worked there had I mean the best time I worked there where I made the most money was 04 and our team culture was pretty good do you know who our only pro the only problem we had in our department was tell me all about it 
The manager? Me. You were the problem? Me. I had a talking to. And I had to change. I had to change to be part of that team. Okay. Be part of now that was team. That, was that difficult? Was that, you know, was it a realization that you're like, all right, I, I got to be part of the team? I was hurt by it at first. And then another, a fellow team member said, listen, if this guy is able to change, then you should be able to change. I'm like, fine. Things improved. Yeah. And we all made more, more money and we all got along. Well, that's great. And now is that, so you're learning about team culture. Is that something that those lessons of kind of holding on to today? I hate to say it. One of the guys on my team who's not with us anymore. I love him. He's great, great, great guy. Our culture improved after he was gone. That happens. Not everyone's going to fit in, right? Two of my main guys who didn't always work great. When I watch them work together, I'm just, wow. Like these guys. Like they worked really well together. They were. Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Team culture is important. Like you can't, uh, if you don't have it, like you can't survive and you have to be able to recognize it in people who are not going to work. Um, yeah, for sure. And you, I mean, you're best to move on it quickly. Uh, and it's, you know, it's unfortunate when you have good employees that don't fit in the culture. Um, but you can't yeah. let that slow you down. Um, because yeah. if, if those people stick around, they're actually going to start your culture will start deteriorating. And They're going to suffocate you. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Get a lot of drama, infighting, yeah. pettiness, bitterness, all that stuff starts to show up when you have a culture that's not working. And I've seen it time and again when companies merge together and you're trying to merge one culture with another. It's very challenging. Yeah. And I don't know that there's a set way to do it. Um, but it's people are always trying to find that magic formula. Some people just aren't going to fit in. And that's the thing. You can't, you can't force the uh, square peg into the round hole. You know, if those people aren't going to fit, they're not going to fit. No, no, that's true. Okay. So, all right. So we've talked about your origin, your struggles, where you are today. We're talking about a thousand weddings. That's a big milestone. You can do anything to celebrate that. That's a big milestone. You should do something for yourself, at least for your team. It's big. Probably more, probably more for the team than for me. Yeah. Um, you know, you know, I treat myself a lot. All right. <laughs> so, um, yeah, you can look at my vacation schedule and know, like, I treat myself quite a bit. So, <laughs> I, I don't know if I need to do anything for myself. I would probably do something for my team right. more than anything. Right. Um, I thought about year years ago when I did my one hundredth. When I did my 200th wedding, I bought myself a tag. Wow, nice. Not an expensive one. They're entry level. It's uh, I still it's my main watch that I use. It's about 7 700 I paid for it back in 2011. Okay. They always had nice and watches. I, I like their stuff. And I thought I would love to buy like a $3,000 one. Like just a gorgeous tag watch and in 2012 i tried one on in vegas and i tried it on and i looked at it and i'm just like hmm, 
Yeah, this doesn't make me feel anything. No. Wow. So. You're over it. All right. Oh, yeah. yeah uh, feel anything, yeah. Eh. I wouldn't spend that kind of money either. I mean, it doesn't mean I don't want a nicer watch than the one I have now, but like, mm, uh, it's really low on the priority list. So where do we go from here? Where does Brian Jones, photo and video, where does that go from here? What's the next iteration, evolution, or does it just keep on chugging the way you've been doing? Keep on chugging and basically just being aware of, uh, like, I'm, I'm, I have a YouTube page coming out. I do have an idea for TikTok that I'm developing. Um, one thing I've always wanted to do is teach what I know, and I'm just trying to figure out how to, uh, to do that and to get to that point. Okay. Nice. Nice. And as much as it terrifies me to do stuff like this or speak in public, once I'm doing it, I'm fine. Nice. Awesome. It's kind of like the jitters before the wedding kind of thing. It's the jumping out of the plane moment. Right? Just need a bit of crazy courage, right? That's it. Take the leap. Pretty much. All All it takes is 20 seconds of crazy courage. You can accomplish great things. I love that quote. Yeah. Was it the one from Three Kings? You do the thing you're afraid of most, and then you find the courage as you're doing it. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Just jump out of the yeah, plane. And, that's courage, you know, really. I mean, you're doing something you're really afraid to do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Well, Brian, I'm going to thank you for your time. Brian Thanks, Nick. Jones photo and video. I appreciate it very much. And uh, well, we may touch base uh, sometime in the future, just see how things are going and see how you're awesome. uh, doing and evolving. And who knows, maybe you'll be out teaching and have a course or <laughs> who knows what you have. But I appreciate your time. Thank you very much. Thank you. All right. Take care. Take care.